1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
2: From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the ball. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azov and Stefan Rosner.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Back Check. We got a great prospect series episode here for all of you. This is Brendan with me, as always, is Stefan Rosner. Stefan, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good. Packing. I leave for Montreal tomorrow. Very excited. Very anxious. You know, anytime you're
1: flying... Especially in today's world, anything gets shut down, flights get canceled, but hopefully the hockey gods are on my side tomorrow morning.
3: Definitely. And that's the perfect segue. So you'll be at the draft watching all these prospects get taken. It's an awesome time for the kids, their families, and also your favorite team, especially if they have picks early on. Islanders have a first round pick this year. We're not sure what's exactly going to happen around that. The Rangers do not after they made the conference final. It went to Winnipeg. So for Rangers fans and more watching it for the draft side of it and trade side of it, excuse me, to see what happens at the draft. But we have interviewed a couple of prospects Uh, And they're going to be featured in the series. All three are looking to hear their name called on draft day and draft week. And we're rooting for them.
1: Yeah, Brennan. So the Islanders do have a first round pick. It's 13th overall. They did not move up in the lottery. And the question now becomes, do the Islanders draft a player or do they make a trade? Now, my mindset is a prospect is merely a prospect until they prove themselves at the NHL level. Uh, Per Scott Wheeler, who writes for The Athletic, who covers, you know, draft prospects, all that kind of stuff. He has the Islanders ranked 31st out of 32. That's not good. So that means the Islanders could use the draft to stock up. Like we said, they have picks in the first round, second round, third round, fifth, and sixth. So they have an opportunity to you know, stock up a little bit here. But for me, if you're in a win now mode as a team and you have a first round pick, if I'm the Islanders and I'm Lou Lamarillo, I'm moving it. Whether you're packaging it with a, I don't know, Anthony Bavillier, he'll get a Chickren or some other high level defenseman. That's really what we're thinking. Obviously, the Islanders are in the hunt. You would say for one of the big fish, either Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary or Philip Forsberg in Nashville. it Seems like Forsberg might resign. Brendan, you saw the all Ranger fans saw the Ryan McDonough move. I don't think you acquire a guy like Ryan McDonough with that cap hit if you're not trying to send a message to Forsberg, like, hey, you know, we're going to try to make the playoffs since next year. Because if you sign make, trade for McDonough and you let Forsberg go and it doesn't work out, foolish. Because you're not making the playoffs. I really thought they should have traded Forsberg at the deadline last year. I feel like his value was high. Teams would have overpaid. And even if you made the playoffs like we saw, you weren't going anywhere, especially when you had to face, I don't know, Colorado in the first round. So again, you know, this is an important time for the Islanders. You have the Villiers, younger player, lackluster couple of years. Again, all things considered with what happened with the Islanders this year, everybody underperformed. Do so you would take a chance and keep him? Again, he's under contract. It's, it's $4.12 million. Annual cap hit over the next couple of years. You know, this is a young guy. He can prove himself and be a, a top six player, great. But then again, if he has another bad year this year with no COVID implications like we saw this past year, God, God willing, if he has another bad year like that, you, his value's done. I think his value's done as a player. He's a bottom six guy. Again, I'll still have value because of his age. But if I'm the Islanders, you have a first round pick. It's not a top 10 pick, it's 13th. You could draft a defenseman, a puck moving defenseman. So the Islanders need. Or you move it. If I put my money down, I'd say the Islanders move it.
3: Well, that's interesting. And, you know, you talk about trades, obviously, with the Islanders. They're they're a team that's in an interesting spot, right? They They have a new head coach, but they're not necessarily rebuilding, nor do I think they have to. I think that they have the team in place that they – they need to win and they have a couple of pieces on that team that they can definitely move to improve their roster overall. So to see them move a 13th overall pick, there is a team that's rebuilding that can definitely use that. Right. And they'll have a couple of people on the phone calling Lamarillo about it. Rangers are in a similar boat. The Rangers don't pick this year until the 63rd overall selection in the second (laughs) round. Uh, They traded their first to Winnipeg. It was, you know, conditional based on the Rangers getting to the conference final and they did. I'm sure I'm not alone when I say I'll, take that trade and, and see the conference final berth rather than the first overall late in the picks and late in the round. And I know some people don't like that, but that's my mentality. I'll take winning every day of the week. Um, when, when you look at what they do, right, they just signed Julian Godier to $800,000 contract for one year. He requested a trade, I would think that they might move him on draft day, whether it's for another prospect or to try and move up at some point in the draft, get another second round pick overall, maybe, maybe a third round selection just to boost how many picks they have on draft day. Will Georgiev finally get dealt? Will that happen during the NHL draft? It's or gotta, it's gotta happen. I mean, they, they do. I feel like teams might be waiting to qualify him. Like the Rangers have to qualify cause he is an RFA, but yeah. if that doesn't happen, then people might just offer sheet. You never know how that plays out, but We'll see exactly what happens there. So I'm more watching to see what the Rangers do on the draft side, what Jury can accomplish. But from both sides, New York Rangers, New York Islanders, there's a lot of action that's going to be had, not necessarily by announcing picks, but more so by GMs making calls and seeing what can get done on the side.
1: And while we were all, you know, grilling yesterday, drinking beers or people were at weddings, you know, you never know what happens on July yep. 4th. Yonder um, made a signing and it was in a management role, a scout. They signed, uh, they brought into management, Jim Palafito a scout that specializes in European free agents, specifically Russian, which is very interesting. Obviously we know what's going on in this world. There's a prospect in the Flyers organization who tried to quote unquote, evade the draft of Russia as a draft for the army. They arrested him, detained him and they sent him to the Arctic circle to their base there, which apparently is where you go if you've been bad. So not ideal. It does bring about a a big question. Are Russian draft prospects going to drop or not even be drafted? And now with this signing by, Lemirel, again, they worked together in Toronto. Uh, Jim's worked as well, but he's worked in, I think, the OHL, the NFL. He's been around. And he's got his, his – his, uh, he brought um, Ilya Me- – um, I can't even pronounce his name. Mekyev?
3: Yep. Him. Mekyev.
1: Yaitsev. I think he had some, something to do with Sundin, bringing him there. So maybe this was a move in case some Russian players don't get drafted if they become free agents, because apparently this guy's big thing. You ever see the movie hustle? The time yep. one with Adam Sandler?
2: Of course. Great Essentially,
1: movie. obviously not to the level, but this guy goes overseas. And I forgot one scout they were talking to. You. Oh, Dan Milstein. He's a high level yep. hockey agent with pretty much with the KHL players. And there was a quote from a Toronto Sun's article back in the day about how Milstein would show up to the rink and at every practice, at every game, every time someone was on the ice, this guy, the Islanders' just hide was there grinding away, building relationships with the parents, family. So again, the Islanders, 31st ranked prospect pool, according to Scott Willard of The Athletic. Maybe they're going to go that route. The last time the Islanders signed a K-12 player, it was in 2019, Jan Kovar. And the reason you haven't heard his name, because it never worked out. So it'll be interesting to see if this move is for maybe after the draft, if he has relationships with certain players, that he could get to come on as free agency, or just in general, the hockey's growing in Europe. So it's just, a, I mean, it's not a bad move either way if they don't, take a russian guy in the draft or whatever it is afterwards the Islanders are trying to do better in the scouting department especially overseas so that's a big move too and again like with what's happening with the khl and russian players it could pay dividends after this draft is over
3: yeah it definitely could and that's an interesting you know ideology that you're bringing up there because there are the chance that these guys do drop and if they drop and you have an opportunity to take what could be first to second to third round talent in the sixth or seventh round how do you pass that up even if there is the caveat that you don't know exactly when they'll be able to come over and if they drop it all and, and they're not drafted russia has a great prospect pool i mean rangers and islanders are very familiar with russian talent and we know yeah, how they can just, be. just a tad exactly caprizov coming over and doing what he's done in minnesota i mean it, there is a wealth of talent that's coming out of there and it's just an interesting time for that but before we you know, change course and go into the, the draft prospect interviews, I do want to just mention Mike Greer, named the GM of the San Jose Sharks, the first black general manager in NHL history. So that's awesome. Congratulations to him. He's actually been with the Rangers organization in an executive role for, I believe, the last five seasons. And obviously his work speaks for itself now that he got that opportunity. So we'll see if he can get San Jose to where they were just, what, five years ago, competitive every single season. So that's awesome. Congratulations to him as well. And kudos to Kevin Weeks for breaking that, breaking everything right now.
1: Yeah, he breaks everything. It's, he's everywhere. And it's great. His videos are top-notch because people are making fun of him, like putting him in outer space, putting him underwater. It's just like uh, someone, someone put him in uh, – you see Eric Johnson's Instagram live video with the cup they have in the bottom right corner. Kevin Weeks reporting live. <laughs> it's just well, everywhere. I think but he yeah. broke
3: this one in front of a shark.
1: That makes sense.
3: Like and What, like an aquarium? He was at something, but I don't know if it was one of the edits that I saw. Like I don't know if I got yeah. fooled, but it looked like he was actually somewhere with a mask on. It might have been a museum or something like that, but he had a shark in the background, which was very fitting.
1: So Brendan and I interviewed three draft prospects from the WHL. First up is Damian Palmieri.
0: website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner
1: enjoy
3: welcome back to another episode of the prospect series we are here with vancouver giants defenseman damian Palmieri. how are you doing today damian doing good how are you doing well thanks for asking so obviously we are speaking to a couple of different whl prospects and uh, we are very intrigued by you because it's very rare that you get a prospect who has a hockey fights uh, DB page, you know, that gets sent over with them. So obviously you're somebody that likes to play that physical style. So the uh, first question I wanted to ask you is who do you compare yourself to? I know we're a New York based podcast. Jacob Truba was lighting up the headlines this postseason with his physical play. So kind of interested to see where you see yourself and who's your player comparable in the NHL.
4: Um. There, there, there's a few guys that I always like to watch. Um, so Cronwall being my favorite player, I always love to, always love to step down the wall and get a hit whenever I can and whenever it's smartest. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I play, play more gritty style of game, not afraid to get anyone's face. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that play that way, so I can't really pick and choose one guy, but definitely stepping down the wall and, with Cromwell being be my favorite player, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad pick. You know, he just crushes <laughs> people. But, you know, one thing that really intrigued us is when you think about someone who fights, like, all right, this guy's probably 6'5", 250, fighting. We look at you, and, you're, you know, you're, you're bigger, you're taller than me, obviously. But, like, 6'1", 190, what, you know, when you fight, is it just about, like, what, why do you like fighting so much? Is it just about laying those hits, you know, gutting in someone's faces, not taking anything? Or is it more just how you've been playing the game your whole life?
4: um well for me it's it's mostly um mostly an energy thing so like if the guys need energy i don't mind um if one of the if one of the guys gets like a dirty hit i don't mind it's not something that i before every game i go out i'm just like oh this is what i'm gonna do today it's just it kind of happens and I don't, I don't really back down so if someone challenges me and there there's a good reason behind it and if as long as i'm not going to disturb the play of our offense then i'll then i'll go for it yeah but yeah no mostly just something that happens in the moment if something's going on in the game
3: awesome so you know you're you're speaking about how you you kind of play the game with that emotional awareness so you know heading into the draft what are your emotions like you know thinking about your name possibly getting selected and how does that feel
4: um just trying to stay calm not gain hopes too high hopes too low uh because anything can happen, and just trying to keep my confidence up so I don't get uh, I don't get too low if I don't see my name up there. So just trying to stay calm and collected about everything.
1: So in your sixth game in the WHL, you had a Gordie Howe hat trick. Just take us through that.
4: Um, I remember I we uh, were on the way to Kelowna, and. I had I had two assists but I was just waiting for the first goal and all my all my a few of my buddies had just scored theirs and I was like, oh like when's my turn coming? And I know some guys don't don't score their first goal for a while into their season, but I was like, oh I was like I had a few I had a few good chances the previous game and everything and are we head up to Kelowna and first shift, first minute. I just find myself on the back door and it's the easiest happen I've ever <laughs> had in my life. I remember I was uh me me and my buddy who gave me the puck always uh always joke about it, how it was just put random on my plate and had almost had to put zero effort into it. All I had to do was just <laughs> put the puck a few inches in the air and it was in. So yeah, and then I think in the second I got an assist and after that I was like, Well, I don't have my first fight either. I just scored my first goal, I just have an assist. I'm like, I'm not sure how often this is gonna happen to my my career anytime, anytime past this point. So I was just like, whatever, and I went for it.
1: First guy to come up to you like we're dropping the gloves, or is it more of just one of those moments where you're standing up for someone?
4: No, I, I, I was kind of – I was looking for that one <laughs> yeah, I wanted it.
1: Giving a couple of slashes <laughs> to the guy in front of the net, like, come on, guy, come on, drop Yeah, I,
4: I, basically, I basically was just giving guy, this one guy a tap in front of our net, and I just kind of followed him up the ice, and, <laughs> and we went at it, like, close to center ice. So that that's – that was how that one went.
0: Uh,
1: that's too hey, funny. So, that's I want to ask good you good story. I like fighting. I, I, I'm not going to assume that you're a boxer or anything, but if you weren't playing hockey, what would you be doing? Ooh. I, don't like know. I was always spot. really
4: big into basketball when I was younger. And then when I started getting older, I got really into car racing. So, definitely one of those two.
1: So, what, awesome. what are you a basketball fan of? What team?
4: I personally always like Detroit because detroit was my favorite team in hockey and i just kind of stuck with it there so i, I would apologize to... i'm
1: sorry sorry about that i'm not a huge basketball <laughs> fan i know teams aren't, aren't very good right now but um... no
4: no for sure no but it's just like i don't know I just and then i don't know i just chose detroit for some reason so interesting
3: well they, they did have that uh what was it the malice in the palace with that <laughs> that big brawl so kind of yeah. fits the uh fits the prospect there i'm um, but, you know, taking you back to the, the season, you're obviously young kid, 18 years old, and you're looking at the WHL playoffs, which are pretty big there in Canada. And what, what was your emotions like? You started most of the games and uh, you got a, your first taste of like big time, meaningful hockey. So what was that like for you?
4: It was, it was a huge difference. Like I, I played in some pretty big games. I played in the John Reed final when I was in Bantam i've done a lot of stuff like that and i remember how intense those games were and that was just like the one or two games in the semi-finals and finals and then i was like okay i've kind of been in this situation before but it was a whole new level i remember my first game I went to the first overtime and after the game i was like oh my god <laughs> that, that might have been the hardest game i've ever played. Um, yeah, no, huge. I remember because even the week before, we just finished our regular season, and going from regular season into that, I was like, "Oh my god!"
0: <laughs> feel especially the, uh... playing,
4: especially playing in a rink like Everett, where where the fans get really into the game. So
1: that's got to be yeah. real cool. I know um, we spoke to someone else about it, but being in a jam packed arena, how, what, do you tone that out? Yeah, tune that out a little bit, or you hear that the whole entire time?
4: I mean. You you kind of hear it faintly go on, but while like when you're on the bench, like you mostly tune it to tune into it more if you know you're not up the next in the rotation. But yeah, no, definitely like on the ice, no idea that the fans are even there. Sometimes it kind of just feels like I'm playing minor
1: hockey again, where it's only the parents. So yeah, well, parents are out. Ro- I mean, parents are rowdy too. <laughs> parents might yeah, be I worse know. than fans sometimes. <laughs> yeah.
3: I used to play a team growing up with the parents were, you know, trying to fight us and we were what, 13 years old. So, you know, sometimes I'll take the fans over the parents. Um, yeah, but, actually, so obviously most people don't have the opportunity to go through the week leading up to an NHL draft. So just take us kind of through that. Are you speaking to teams? You know, what's that like just trying to get prepared for uh, next week? Um, My agency is taking care of that for me. They're really good in that aspect.
4: They're always there. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to go every day the exact same. Not like I, like I said before, not trying to get too nervous for, not trying to get hopes up or hopes too low. So yeah, I'm just trying to stay calm and everything and just kind of go through like a normal week. Yeah, I want I to ask,
1: I want to ask about the the mental part again. Obviously, looking at rankings probably tough to deal with, but also you know the last couple of years, COVID has really, I mean, impacted everybody's lives. How how did it affect you just mentally and physically trying to get ready for a season and play through a season?
4: Um, Well, last year was really hard because I think I I only played four games last year in total. And so from November up until when the season would normally end in March. Um, But, yeah, no, it was just practice every day. There was no games. There was nothing there was nothing to look forward to. So practices were always just more skill based and everything. And it was it felt like summer training for a whole year.
1: So did you feel like a kid in a candy shop when that first game came this 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 season? Like, yes, I get to play again.
4: Yeah, honestly, I was like I was so happy. I was like, I finally get to be out in a game because like we would obviously play scrimmages, but yeah. it's just not But you the can't same fight
1: thing. your teammates. So Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> no, it's the intensity isn't bad. there. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, it, it it got hard at some points because you're waking up at seven in the morning and you you're driving to the rink and you're like, oh, like I have to I have to go through this and you know not I don't even have a game this weekend I haven't played a game in months like it, it got tough but I knew that I just had to push through it so I could crack the lineup for this for uh, the last season so
1: so a couple of more for you I want to ask you about um you have any pregame rituals that you do.
4: Um, I always, on my, so on home games, I always drive the same route, same time. Uh, I have all my, I have my playlist set up so that at certain parts when I'm driving, they all play at specific parts. Okay. Um, yeah, Just a, no, there's there's a there's song like...
1: on that playlist. What's one song like that you get to go on?
4: Ooh. Probably kickstart my heart.
1: Okay, all right. that's a good yeah. one.
4: That that that's always the final song that plays as <laughs> I'm pulling into the parking lot. So,
1: I feel like you um, pulling up, and then it's like a movie. Like you're in a movie, and that that song plays again when you go on the <laughs> movie. That seems like a perfect, yeah. ride, you know. Okay, interesting. Brendan, do you have any more?
3: Well, I, I mean, it, it sounds like you pretty much touched all the bases. But are you heading back to Vancouver next year, regardless of what happens? Like you're playing in for the Giants next season.
4: Unless unless I do something really bad, yeah, I hope. Yeah, (laughs) well, because I I want something really bad. That that,
3: well, let's let's hope that doesn't happen. But in in terms of like just the area and playing in in Vancouver, right? Vancouver Canucks are there. Vancouver's a great hockey city. What's that been like? Just you know, walking around being a a player for the Vancouver Giants. Is it kind of surreal that you're playing in that type of market, or uh, it's just another junior year for you?
4: Um, well, I grew up here in Vancouver, so I always watch the Giants and everything. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Obviously, Vancouver is a huge city and there's so much, so many things to do. But yeah, no, it's nice because we play out more in the suburbs. Um, yeah, no, it's nice. We have a good community following everything and across a lot of different cities. So yeah, no, it's really nice. Like. Everyone kind of knows who we are. Like, there's not one person. If you ask, if you ask anybody,
1: guarantee that they've been to a Giants game before.
4: Like at least once a year, everyone kind of goes.
1: Do you have to practice your signature often, you know. And you got kids coming up to you asking for autographs and stuff.
4: Uh well, me as a rookie, not so much. Some of the, some some of the other guys definitely did. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully that changes for every every.
1: I mean, kids love seeing people fight. So, I mean, this upcoming season, if you drop in <laughs> the gloves, they're going to they're gonna be lining up for you.
4: Oh, I know. I, uh, <laughs> all, all my buddies do, say the same thing, too, and so they, they love it.
3: No, that's awesome. Well, we definitely wish you the best of luck, you know, coming up on draft day. We'll be rooting for you and hope to hear your name called at some point. And, uh, you know, regardless of that, just keep doing what you're doing from what we've seen. It looks like you're on the right track. And
0: thank you for joining us today.
3: All right, welcome to the Back Check. We are here with NHL Draft's prospect for the 2022 NHL Draft goaltender, Chase Coward. Chase, how are you doing today?
2: Uh, I'm doing good, you?
3: Doing well, thank you for asking. So appreciate you joining us on the show. Obviously, it's a big week upcoming for you. It's something every kid playing hockey dreams about. So we just wanted to get to know where you were at coming into this NHL Draft and see what the emotions are like leading up to it
2: yeah, I'm just trying to stay like neutral. like it's one of those things where it's it's gonna be a thrill if I get selected, but it's trying to stay like if I don't get selected, it doesn't like falter my training or my year leading up and all that stuff. It's just kind of trying to stay neutral as much as I can.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something where, you know, you, you sit there and you look at goaltenders in the past, right? I mean, we're a New York based podcast. So Henrik Lundqvist was somebody that was taken all the way in the seventh round and look where he ended up. So it's not like, you know, where you get selected really impacts it. Do you have any type of uh, thought process to that? Or is it something where if you just get selected, you're just happy with wherever it is and uh, just going to go with the flow?
2: Yeah, I'm more of the happy with wherever it is and just kind of go with the flow and if I get picked early or picked late, it shouldn't really matter of how I perform and cap and everything.
1: Is it hard to not pay attention to the rankings? I know, again, like you said, you don't care where you go. But is it hard to, like, you know, look at it and pay attention and deal with that kind of stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, it's hard. But you look at it once and then you're like, okay, like, cool. like, And then it just kind of gets put in the back burner for me. Like, I just don't really, like, focus on it. I just kind of look at them.
1: Does it push you a little bit though? If you see yourself maybe lower than you expect or you wanted, does it now push yourself? Okay, you know people are expecting me to go here, and if I go there, great. But after being drafted, you know I'm going to use that as a chip on my shoulder.
2: Uh, a little bit, but I feel like the more push is more for like the team to win. It's kind of more based on winning mentality for the team, so to say, like the draft rankings because you never know with those, and it's just, I tried tune like all the draft stuff out when I'm playing just to give my team the best chance to win kind of deal.
3: Yeah, awesome. So, so you had a great year uh, in the WHL for Red Deer. Obviously, you, we mentioned before, so this is a New York based podcast. So I can guarantee you not a lot of our listeners are, you know, tuned in with what's going on in the WHL. So just so they can get a better understanding. What's that league like? What's it like playing in it? Uh, what kind of abilities do you have to have as a goaltender? Because I know a lot of those Canadians in your hockey leagues have some crazy offensive numbers. Yeah. Uh, so as a goaltender, what's your mindset like when you're facing some of these guys coming in and numbers are that high?
2: Uh, it's probably just keep it simple like just stick to fundamentals and not get too out of position and everything because there's a lot of good shooters and if you give them just a little bit of space there it's in the back of your net you can't really afford too many mistakes against like the darbs and gunthers and neighbors and all those top end guys because yeah. they can pick a spot and it's kind of like it's a step down almost from the pro leagues because you have those guys in there and it's, it's good development.
3: Yeah, definitely. And are you playing inside like packed arenas? Cause I know that when you're looking at some of the, you know, players coming out of the United States, a lot of those development programs, junior hockey, they don't necessarily get the attendance, but when you're looking at Canada, hockey's just, you know, that's life there. So when you have that type of transition, does it make it a little easier going to that next level, considering the pressure of the junior teams there?
2: Uh, I mean, I try not to, like notice the crowd as much matches okay. I'm playing, but we've definitely had some packed rinks and like some very full loud drinks and playoffs and towards the end of the season.
1: Um as a goalie I'm a goalie myself, obviously not to the level that, <laughs> that you are and hope to get to, but you have any uh pregame rituals that you do before each game?
2: Uh yeah, I normally eat around like one thirty. Actually one thirty on the dot and then uh I leave for the rink at 425 and I'll wear the same suit every time like I start I'll wear different ones when I don't start but when I start I'll wear the same one
1: and if you lose a game do you, you don't change up the suit at all you run the same suit back Yep. wow
2: and, um, I just do like ball drills and stretching and stuff at the rink when I get there
1: so I know a lot of goalies that don't even they don't like to talk at all before the game do you talk to your teammates or you're more in the corner by yourself listening to music getting ready
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like in between. Like I won't talk a lot, but I won't be the guy that just sits in the (laughs) corner. It's kind
3: of a mix. I play with both. You know, the guy that's in between is usually the way to go because you don't want to isolate everybody. But uh, obviously when, when you're looking at these draft rankings and, you know, trying to evaluate prospects going into the draft, a lot of people do comparables. So in terms of, you know, your own game, who would you kind of compare your style to?
2: Uh, probably Demko, like Thatcher out in Vancouver. I feel like I kind of play like him, a little smaller version of him.
3: It's not a bad comp at all. He robbed the Rangers a couple of times this year, so if you got those acrobatic saves in your belt, that's definitely solid. Uh, and in, in terms of like what you would do if you weren't playing hockey, what, what's something that you know outside of the rink hobbies for you?
2: Uh, I well, I aged out, but I used to be a big uh, baseball player. I'd always playing that. Yeah, you know. uh, summer for a few months just to get away from the rink and then i'd probably end up going to school if i wasn't in the hockey. Right
1: <laughs> what would you want to major in what would be your go-to uh major if you're going to college? uh i'm kind of leaning towards a
2: heavy duty mechanic right now wow yes the
3: better route than what we chose (laughs) we we did sport communications let me tell you something it's just a it's a false degree doesn't really do much for you but college was fun uh yeah but I I recommend sticking to the hockey route a little better than school
1: (laughs) um what was I gonna ask you so you said Demko you know what about his game excites you when you're watching him play like hey I'm similar to what he does is it the acrobatic stuff is it his positioning you know what about his game do you like so much
2: and I think it's just his like fundamental game and like his ability to stay calm and kind of carry his team in big situations kinda of like he did at the end of the year there when they were kinda of, like just out of playoffs, but like there's still that little chance he kinda of was that calm presence in the back of the net while helping them win a few games to make that last push. Yeah, he's
1: never given up. One thing why he's been, you know, so successful at the NHL level. Um with COVID, obviously it's affected all of us we've heard a lot of draft prospects talk about how hard it was. You know, for you, being a little younger going through and now getting ready for the draft, did COVID and the way it inter- affected your your play in, in seasons, did it affect you mentally as well?
2: Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Like, we were in the league final when I was playing AAA, so that got shut down. So that was kind of a toll. And then one and two, I guess, the year before last year, the bubble season, I didn't really know what I was doing for – a team yet. So that kind of took a little toll, but. Yeah, and, uh, uh, continue, buddy.
3: yeah I was going to ask as a follow-up, which kind of works for this. So this was your first full season of the WHL where you played consistently and had that type of starter role. Was, did you learn a lot from it? What was it like, you know, adjusting to playing a full season as, whereas, you know, the last couple of years, especially with COVID it was kind of stop and start a little bit. Yeah. I learned a lot
2: of kind of like the full season, kind of like what it takes to, Win like a good amount of games and make a playoff run, and kind of just what, what it takes and the mentality that you got to have.
3: Yeah. And have you given it any thought at all? Because I know like these junior years are, you know, it was like 40 plus games for you guys and then plus playoffs, and the NHL's 82 plus playoffs. Has that ever like crossed your mind where you're like, wow, that's a, a big jump? It's almost twice the amount of time. And you see adjustments take place across from all the, the younger guys coming into the league. Have, have you given that any thought yet?
2: Uh, not yet. It's kind of one of those thoughts that when I get there, I'll think about it, but I'll right yep. just kind of focus on
1: our lead. All right, so I feel like we want to end with this question with everybody else. We want you to pitch yourself. You know, if you, someone just went up to you and said, okay, Chase Coward, if we're going to draft you, what do you bring to the table? You know, just give us a little bit about yourself and about your game.
2: Yeah, I'm a very like, calm and relaxed guy out on the ice end in person and just kind of like my fundamentals and trying to just stick to them as much as I can just kind of bring calm presence to the team in like big situations and when they're panicking or they're running around just trying to calm the game down kind of just that calm presence in the back end that you can always rely on
3: Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Chase, we're definitely going to be rooting for you on uh, draft weekend there. And hopefully we get to hear your name selected and whether it's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, doesn't really matter. It's just something that when you get drafted, it's awesome to see. I know we had again uh, in the rock. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah. him, but he was on the show last year. Uh, awesome kid. We talked to him for a little bit and we saw his name get drafted and he signed with the Sharks. So we'll definitely be rooting for you and hope for the best come that draft day.
2: Yeah, thank you
3: welcome everybody to the prospect series on the back check we are with goaltender tyler palmer today tyler thank you for joining us so i just wanted to start off by seeing if you had any comparables for yourself you know usually draft prospects have to find players that they think they're comparable to and goaltending is one of those fields where it's definitely interesting to see you compare yourself to so what's your nhl comp
5: uh recently i've kind of been really watching uh like uc Soros and i think uh he's definitely a a comparable player kind of uh you know more of a an agile guy one that relies on like his his reading of the play and his movement um uh so i think that's uh definitely something that i i resemble in my play i play a little bit more aggressively um but I, I can also try and read the play and I feel like I'm pretty quick on my feet so I can still make, get across the net, uh, make those cross crease saves. Um, Same flashy pads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then also, you know, just as a kid growing up, I always loved watching Mark andre Fleury and Carrie Price just who were like complete opposite goaltenders, but I mean, yeah, just, you know, I think I, I've got a little bit of a battle of like, A flurry because you know he's a little bit scrambly at times, but it works. Um, I think there's certain times where you can do that, and then there's also Carey Price who's like so calm and composed all the time. So I think that's also something that I want to definitely kind of resemble in in
3: some sort of way until it's time to pull out the flurry. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned Uh, Price the 31 behind you. Is that where the 31 comes from, or is that just happened to be that way?
5: No, actually. Another goalie that I really liked before he retired, which he retired when I was fairly young, was uh, Mika Kippersaw. All right. So I was actually, originally I, my number was 34 um, and that kind of turned into a player number. So now I'm 31.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I'm a goalie as well. I, I wore 29 in high school and I wear 32 now for quick. quick, same thing, agile, moving around it's just crazy how they make those saves. as a goalie though. You have any pregame ritual that you do every game? Do you talk to your teammates? Do you not talk to your teammates? What what, what do you do?
5: No, I mean I'm pretty. I've got my own thing that I do, um, but you know I I like to be a little bit loose when I first get to the rink. I'll go play some suey ball with the boys. Um, I don't know if anyone knows what that is. It's basically, like soft funny, soft. is everyone when you throw the
1: handball against the wall? That thing.
5: I do. I also do. Uh, yeah, do some like ball drills against the wall. Um, well, explain
1: the suey ball. What is it? Oh,
5: that? sewer sewer ball. Is oh, sewer it. ball. Sewer ball. Yeah. Well, we call it suey. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, it's basically like everyone just stands in a circle, uh, and you have to basically just like keep up a soccer ball. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We call oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Different. Yeah. Name. No, okay. It's yeah. In ours, you can like. Um, you can hit it as many times as you want. And then after, after it gets hit twice, it's a kind of a free for all and you can like kick it at people to try and get them out. So it's, yeah, it gets kind of crazy sometimes, but it's fun. So there's that. And also I like to do, yeah, like some ball drills, some juggling stuff and yeah, I don't do anything too crazy, I would say, but yeah.
1: Go to warm up song. What is it?
5: um go-to warm-up song like on ice warm-up
1: no like if you're getting ready to go out right on the ice you know that that song you listen to to get you going
5: oh uh i don't know actually we had some good ones this year kind um i don't even know what the name of the song was <laughs> it was like some sort of like remix of a song i don't know but it was uh yeah, to be honest, I don't even know the name of the song, but it was I, th- I like that one. It was a good one.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. we always had that where you're in the locker room. Where it's just like, all right, someone has a remix going. It's I cool. know. So
5: it seems, know It's yeah, going. one of those like mashup remix ones.
3: Yeah, you can find the name Cloud. of it is, but you can find some gems on SoundCloud with that. Oh, <laughs> um, so you know, you, you look up and you're all of a sudden getting ready to sit there and be entered into the NHL draft. So. The average person that you know, average hockey fan, doesn't get that experience to even have that opportunity. So, what's that like? Just the emotional, you know, kind of roller coaster of building up to that week? Because you know, sometimes waiting for that event to happen is probably the hardest part.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. Um, just waiting for it, you're kind of anxious, unexcited at the same time. Like you kind of just want it to just happen and be over with. Um, yeah, I mean, and you really. Yeah, I mean, you're just really trying to get your name out there to maybe give yourself the best chance to get your name called, and uh, but I mean, you also like in the back of the mind have to keep like have to keep it that you know uh, the end goal really isn't for like to be the highest draft pick, it's to be the best player in the NHL. So there's still time, kind of that type of thing.
1: You know, we asked a couple of, of other draft prospects about COVID and how obviously it's impacted all of our lives here as a player trying to play and in COVID had season. Was it, was it really hard mentally?
5: Yeah. I think that's something that um, I really improved, especially, yeah, like over the course of COVID was my mental side of the game. Um, something that I hadn't really worked on or developed in a little while um, until kind of COVID hit. And then you're, you're kind of on and off the ice, but you still have to keep in the game. And it kind of made me realize how um, that mental part of the the game especially in your preparation is like really important um and you know even during the game just like it's something like really simple though like it's something like as simple as like focusing on your breath and i find that like helps it just kind of brings you back to the present moment like when you're playing the game instead of getting too caught up in you know what happened or what you think is going to happen kind of brings you to the present and just allows you to just play
1: yeah, I feel like that. You spoke about Carey Price being someone you looked up to. That calm demeanor. I mean, they probably do the same thing. Focus on the breath. Next shot. If yeah. you were not, if you were not playing hockey, what would you be doing?
5: Um, not really sure. I'd either be playing baseball or going to school for some sort of. I don't know. I was pretty uh, into like electrical engineering stuff, so I'd either be going to school for engineering. That's,
1: that's funny. We just spoke to another draft prospect and he said, aov hey, engineering, but uh, baseball, <laughs> yeah. what position did you play?
5: Which, which uh, position did you say? Yeah. Uh, I was mainly shortstop.
3: See, I find it so funny that goalie, goalies never yeah. play catchers in baseball. I played baseball too. And I was a pitcher catcher, but I was not a goal. Yeah. T- I, played,
1: <laughs> I played second. base. Yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. Keeping you busy. So did you do that in the, when you weren't playing hockey in the spring you were playing baseball?
5: I did for a bit, and then it kind of became too much, obviously. But uh, yep. I still get out, play a little bit of like slow pitch baseball just for fun. Uh, I think
3: uh, we got a couple games this week too. So, <laughs> I'm assuming
1: you're taking off one of the days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it just it separates, you know, from the because hockey as as fun as it is for everybody to play, it becomes more of you know it's like work it's at some point. So to separate, it's always a good thing. Um, and next next season, right, you're talking about becoming the best player you could possibly be. What's something you're looking to improve next year in, in your game?
5: Uh, yeah, something I was really um, – especially, like, in the playoffs and, I mean, as the game evolves, I think that the puck handling side of it is such a huge thing now. Um, I was watching Mike Smith a lot this playoffs. And I mean, he does make a couple mistakes, but <laughs> I But I mean, the amount of plays that he makes for that one mistake, he kind of makes up for it, and you know, you just see how much easier time his defense has, and just get right out of their end so fast, and they're gone the other way. So I think that's uh, you know something that I need to work on because uh, it's the game is evolving, like I said, and like goalies can really contribute to almost like offense just because you can get out of your D zone that much quicker.
1: Being in the New York market, obviously we have Igor Shesterkin who plays the puck like like he's a, a defenseman back there. you said you watch Mike Smith. I've seen goalies do it differently. Do you grip your stick with your glove hand over or underneath the paddle?
5: Yeah, over, I do over top. It's yeah. I don't know. It's I find there,
3: right? yeah, I find it's easier to control it for sure. Yeah, I don't know how you guys shoot the puck with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't do it particularly well, but obviously Tyler is working on it. Yeah, so I guess, yeah. This is thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Obviously big week coming up we're gonna hope we're rooting for you we're we'll hope to talk to you after the draft but again thanks so much for taking the time today
5: yeah thank you the back check is your one stop shop for nhl news and all things rangers and islanders
1: thanks for
4: sticking with us for this edition of the back check follow the show on social media at
1: Pod.